0: One thing that's kind of been talked more and more about is the chances that the Chicago Bulls end up not finding a trade partner for Zach Levine, and he ends up finishing up the season here in Chicago. We're going to talk about what could all go into the chances of that happening, and is that the best-case scenario for the Chicago Bulls and these players? We'll get into all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host here, Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bull Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content. So we're keeping up. We've been dropping two episodes a day now for probably about two weeks, damn near. And so, you know, up until the trade deadline, you could probably expect that to happen if there's news, things like that. There's always going to be bonus episodes if it comes out after um, our daily episodes. But with that said, there was something that I didn't really want to wait till tomorrow's daily episode to talk about. A lot of you guys have been going off in the comments about it, and you guys know we're the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls, but we're also a platform for everybody. And so I wanted to give that topic a a, a, span, a space for its own conversation because there are a lot of Bulls fans that are asking that question: Is there a chance that Zach Levine ends up staying here for the remainder of the season? And I'm of two minds from it. Of, of course, initially my thought process is trade request is out there i think it's best rather than hold on to zach this team is rocking and rolling things like that but then it also goes to the fact of if zach levine's trade value is as low as what it is as what it's rumored to be and some people are speculating it to be it may behoove the chicago bulls and zach levine for that matter to maybe wait on it right maybe let zach levine come back when he does come back from injury which would still leave about a month between now and the trade deadline for him to play well, maybe up that trade value, maybe things like that, and then he still gets traded. But there is a realistic avenue, especially if this Zach Levine injury is serious. Keep in mind, one of the things that we did hear about, even around the doubt of Zach Levine, was not only the the impact on winning, was also his health. The fact that he has had an injury that has left him out for a a while, every season for the past, what, three seasons after having a a few seasons there of, of relative health as well. So it comes down to that, right? Is that if the trade market is truly as low as what it is for Zach Levine, the Bulls may just not find the deal that they look at and say is worth moving Zach Levine for. Now, you run you run some risk there. Of course, you run the risk of injury, a major injury, right? You run the risk of Zach Levine coming back and messing up the chemistry that this team has built. You mess up Zach coming back and just not looking good because, God forbid, we've already talked about Zach Levine's trade value taking a bit of a hit. Um with the way that the Bulls are playing right now and you know going six and three over that time, but imagine if he does come back. and I think the thing we haven't talked about a lot also is what if he does come back and even if he plays well, but the Bulls then start losing? That's a double negative on top of all of it, right? There's already one thing to say, hey, the team's been rock and rolling, the team's been playing pretty well, the team's been winning at six and three. Since Zach Levine's been out, we'll see what that gets pushed to Till Zach Levine's back. But just imagine, imagine when Zach Levine comes back and he does put up numbers, which he is able to do, but then the team is losing games while Zach Levine, theoretically with his own individual numbers, is doing, is, is uh, it, those individual numbers look good, but the team starts losing again. Then you have the, the, the double hit on Zach Levine's trade value at that time of the team looking better and winning without him, and then he's coming back, he's still playing well, and then the team's losing. God forbid he comes back and he doesn't play well, then they're going to take another trade value, hit on top of that. And so I think the biggest thing that I look at it is just saying that, is that I, I ultimately I think there's more to lose than more to gain from Zach Levine coming back. Uh, just overall, now I'll say this, the reward is higher if Zach Levine comes back, and especially with the play style that the Bulls have had, if he comes back and, he, and the Bulls stay winning and he looks good in winning, don't get me wrong, the risk is higher than the reward. I'm sorry, the, re- the reward is higher than the risk at that point in time of that paying off for the Chicago Bulls. But God forbid, if it goes, because that's the only outcome that I think increases Zach Levine's trade value. There are five different outcomes that, that hurt Zach Levine's trade value rather than increase it. So, of course, Zach Levine comes back. He plays well. He fits into what we're doing. The team keeps winning. That is the best possible scenario and outcome for Zach Levine. That's the one and only good scenario out of that. That when you look at the possible bad scenarios, the team can lose, Zach Levine can play bad, and the team can lose, Zach Levine can play bad, and the team wins, Zach Levine could get hurt potentially, right, have an actual serious injury, which is always a, a, a caution for any basketball player, and then when you look at the fifth one on top of that, what if a combination of all those things happen? What if Zach Levine comes back he, he 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 looks bad in coming back. He doesn't fit into this team that's been winning. The team starts losing, and let's say that lasts for a handful of games, and he ends up getting hurt. A combination of any any of those other four things we talked about puts you in a situation where a, a, a trade value that was already questionable goes completely and utterly in the toilet. And so you know, and then you got to look at also, like I said, the impact of the team. We know that Zach Levine is a professional. He can it, it, even in the report of him being overplaying for Billy Donovan. It's been reported that it's amicable. They can they 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 get along. They can be in the same room. That's that's good. He and you know he respects his teammates as well. I don't think Zach Levine has ever looked at the Bulls teammates and said, "Hey, yo, f you guys." I don't think that's happened at all. But I do think that you know Billy Donovan isn't going anywhere. And I I hate to say that, and you guys know I am not a Billy Donovan guy, but Billy Donovan isn't going anywhere, especially now with Kobe White looking what he's done uh, as good as he's looked, and especially with how Billy Donovan has typically uh, got the most out of point guards under him, right? So I don't think Billy Donovan's is going anywhere. I know a lot of you guys have asked, well, maybe in a perfect scenario, Zach Levine comes back, experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. He plays really good, and then this team, the front office looks at this and says, maybe Billy Donovan is the problem. I don't necessarily think that's going to happen. But then you also got to look at the DeMar DeRozan aspect of it. I think that's independent of the Zach Levine aspect. For a while there, personally, me, I don't know what everybody else has done. I've kind of looked at the Zach Levine situation and the DeMar DeRozan situation. They kind of go hand-in-hand in in a way, Um, but I don't really think it does anymore. I think that it comes down to DeMar DeRozan and the extension that he wants from the Chicago Bulls and whether the Bulls feel like there's value in that extension and they're willing to pay him that. So I think ultimately as well, there's a kind of separation between that. So let's say that the Bulls, because of Zach Levine's situation, they don't find the value they still look at the Demar and say, hey, we, we got to kind of move Demar. We don't feel like we're going to extend him. Let's go ahead and trade Demar. They get whatever they get back for, for Demar DeRozan. And then they're still waiting on the Zach Levine situation. There is a world in which Demar is moved before Zach. But I think it all ends up in the same place where eventually there's going to be a divorce between Zach Levine and the Chicago Bulls. And the biggest thing they have to ask themselves is that is that is what we're offering now. Do we really see it getting better or is there more of a chance of it getting worse? With Zach Levine coming back, and I think we we look at this thing and we like to look at it on paper. And don't get me wrong, the play style that the Chicago Bulls are having, the balls moving around, there's more players cutting things like that. All theoretically, that plays into Zach Levine's game, and that plays into Zach Levine having a bigger impact for this team on paper. It does, but that but just because it looks that way on paper doesn't always mean it's going to come that way out in reality. And so the front office really has to look and evaluate this: is that is did we just miss the boat? And I think that's the biggest thing in this as well, is that what they got offered last year, at the trade deadline by the New York Knicks, I've talked about it a lot. They got offered R.J. Baird, Isaiah Hardenstein, two first-round picks, and a pick swap. You're not getting that anymore. And I know we've heard these things and got a lot of Bulls fans, that even with the Sacramento Kings, are like, well, we need Keegan Murray. What do you mean? We need size. If it's not Keegan Murray, we're not going to do it. Or or even the Toronto Raptors, what do you mean? If we're not getting Pascal Siakam back, what do we do? That, That value for Zach Levine is gone. And while there is some hope that you can maybe get that back, that doesn't typically happen, especially not in this situation looking at how the team was playing before. Now, this is a different team, and I want to make sure that I state that. Kobe's grown as a leader while Zach's been out. Uh, the, his voice now resonates throughout these players, and I don't think that goes away when Zach Levine comes back. Hell, Zach's been on the bench. He's seen it himself. Um, but you really have to do have to look at that and, and ask yourself, like, is that even the best situation for the Bulls? And I think B- Bulls fans and A.K. and Eversley have to come to that realization that the value that that you under that people understandably hold Zach Levine in, you got to understand that that value now around the league is starting to be questioned, and you may never get again what you got a couple of years ago. And yeah, the size of the contract is one thing. We've seen players move with big contracts before, so I think that's a little bit overblown by some of the more casual fans. Anybody who says that Zach Levine he's basically unmovable because of how much he got paid, that's just wrong on that. People were saying things like, oh, well, the new salary cap, that's going to make it harder to move Zach Levine's deal. Keep in mind, that new salary cap is for repeaters in the luxury tax, and yes, it does start, but you have to be repeaters that you're in that second tax apron. There are more than enough teams that can acquire Zach Levine and, yes, be into the luxury tax, but not reach that second tax apron. So I think there's a little bit of an overstatement on there as well because you got to keep in mind, teams are matching salaries for Zach Levine, meaning they are sending outgoing salary back with that, and even if a couple of those deals are expiring, you're probably not getting $40 million back in just expiring deals. So the team kind of already had that factored in. So I don't think it's as much as with the new uh, the new salary cap, the new uh, the, the new collective bargain agreement. I think some people are kind of overblowing how much that impacts the Zach Levine trade. Now, that's not to say it's not a, a, an effect because teams do have to look at it and say, all right, if we add Zach, we're adding $40 million of salary how much now of our mid-level exception can we still use? How far away are we, or when are we going to theoretically hit that? Do we think we can achieve what we need to achieve before we have to start paying this extra punitive tax? Now, that's a that's a reasonable question that's out there as well, but I don't think it's as restrictive as some Bulls fans and some other NBA fans and more casual fans are making that out to be either. But it's a difficult situation the Bulls find themselves in. And while there is a chance that Zach Levine comes back, and I don't want to act like there isn't because there absolutely isn't. Rich Paul said it. We've heard Casey Johnson said it recently. There is a chance of that. You just got to ask yourself that. And I think regardless, Zach Levine's probably going to play another game under the Bulls. And I, you know that the trade, the, tra- the 5th, January 15th deadline even is kind of a little bit less than the, than the three and a half weeks that he's expected to be out. Again, if he gets pushed to that four week time period, yeah. But there is a chance that Zach Levine does come back in a Bulls uniform. How long that may be, that's up to question. But the Bulls got to ask themselves and be looking around and saying, if we really risk going back into the offseason with this, do those risks really net us that much more positive gains? And that's something that, of course, I'm not in those deals. I'm not in those conversations. But I just don't see Zach Levine's trade value rising that much to where keeping him and riding it out into this offseason necessarily is the best bet. But you guys can let me know what you think down below. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central. Make sure you guys are following the show. At, sh- at Bull Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. You can also send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. Chicago uh, uh, <laughs> BullCentralPod at gmail.com. I'm trying to give the Chicago Bears info. And then lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related, thanks to you guys. And like I like to in every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See red right if you can, y'all.